Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Birdie. Fake. Has a man wide open. It's caught. Kittle. Penalty flag. Kittle on the way to the end zone. It's a touchdown. But let's see what the penalty is. I don't, I don't think the penalty is going to matter. I think Julian Love... The safety came up and knew he was beat. I think this is going to stand. Go for the play with a touchdown. Now back to Overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Burkhardt on Fox there with the call. That was the George Kittle 44-yard touchdown catch from Brock Purdy. And you're right, uh, Julian Love got called for the hold. How many yards? 44 yards. Say it again. 44. Oh, that ain't Deacon Dunk, Mark. 44. He also had a 54-yard touchdown Ooh, pass to Devo Samuel earlier. my A-double-S. <laughs> but that one to George Kittle put the finishing touches on a 28-16 win for the San Francisco 49ers, who have now won five consecutive games. Again, they're now 10-3, and three, and uh, it's basically all but wrapped up. It's, it's all but official. The Niners will win the NFC West in the 2023 regular season. Uh, that one was a funny moment, and we'll get to the calls in a little bit in just a moment. Dre, Mitchell, and Miles were coming to you in just moments, um, but that highlight uh, made me think of, of that play. Of course, Julian Love was tasked with guarding George Kittle, and kind of similar to Jamal Adams trying to defend Debo Samuel on that 54-yard touchdown, Julian Love realized he was beat. George Kittle was running right past him. So what does Julian Love, the corner, do? Who had a decent game, had the interception earlier in the game. He's, you know what? Kittle's running past me. I'm going to grab him and slow him down. And hopefully, I'll take the penalty. Hopefully, it, it results in an incomplete pass. Well, guess what? George Kittle ran right through him, caught the pass anyway, went for a touchdown. Niners put up their fourth touchdown of the game, and they go on to win the game. But that's kind of what the Niners do to you. There's no way to stop them. Even if you hold them, you do something illegal, Sterling, uh, they're still good enough. They're still good. Some illegal. (laughs) They're still good enough to beat you anyways, and that's what Kittle did, ran right through the illegal holding. You can't tackle them. You can barely score on them. And you can't stop them from scoring on you. This is the most complete team in the entire league. Almost every player is just a dog. And I'm not talking a DOG. I'm talking a DAWG, a dog. Jawan Jennings, Brandon Ayuk, all these guys block. All these guys want to just run right through you. All these guys can be a little bit finesse if they need to. All of these players, all of the stars, even some of the bench players, Jair Brown is second pick of the year. Fred Warner getting involved on plays, getting the game ceiling pick. Pitching it back to Dre Greenlaw. Then you have Lenore out there taking shots at DK Metcalf. This team is, well, yes, there's finesse. They're so physical. It feels like on every front, every play, every way, however you want to look at football itself, they are the leader in every, again, every play. It feels like you want to put San Francisco in the upper echelon of every single category with the stats, with the playmakers. This team just feels like they're going to come in they're going to run through you, knock you down, and if they even want to, they will spit on you as they leave. They're just a nasty, <laughs> dirty, grindy kind of team, and you're like, they're, they're going to kill us, and we're going to take it. They're just that good. Yeah, we got to talk about the end of the game when Fred Warner and DK Metcalf got into it, and then Diamador Baby. Lenore got involved in that as well. Diamador Lenore has taken to Twitter Uh-oh. or X. We will get to that in just a little okay, bit, but first, wait. let's run through some of the calls. Yeah, it, it, 
It's getting a little spicy between the Niners and oh, the Seahawks. you're sitting back saying, go Ducks. You already got my sooner quarterback. Now Lenore's out of taking shots, too. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel, the newest Oregon Duck. Pain! A year from now, at the Heisman Ceremony. All right. You know it. How's Bo Nix playing, Mark? <laughs> no comment. All right, let's go to the phones here. It's overtime on 95-7, the game. 49ers beat the Seahawks 28-16. to Five consecutive wins now for the 49ers. That three-game losing streak is a thing of the past. Up first is Dre in Lamore. Dre, what's up? You're on overtime with Grandy and Sterling. How you doing today, Dre? I'm doing freaking fantastic. Our Niners did it again, guys. Yes, sir. I want to give a shout-out to that offensive line. Brock did take some sacks, but he didn't panic. He came back strong. And I want to give some love. To our DBs. When Ward went out, they stepped it up. They still played a great game. Now, what you guys were saying about Purdy, you know what? You said Garoppolo don't matter. Garoppolo does matter because our receivers never had that kind of yard because Garoppolo does not know how to hit a receiver in stride continually. Purdy hits him in stride, whether he's going long, whether he's going short. Shanahan can open up the playbook for Purdy, and that makes the rest of the NFL scared. They want to minimize him. Well, guess what? He's maximizing his skills, and the 49ers are going to maximize their skills all the way to the Super Bowl. Go, Purdy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, good call, Dre. Um, I will say Garoppolo's strength, while it wasn't necessarily deep ball accuracy, he was very accurate within, what, like 10 yards of the line of scrimmage? He's a timing kind of player. Timing, and would often hit his receivers in stride, in motion, um, maybe not quite as often. Ten but yards out, though. Yeah, but not I mean, like Purdy, who's like forty-five yards yeah, downfield. Yeah. But I mean, the the yak, the yak boys, like slogan. Oh, yak kings. Yak kings. Yak kings. It, it began with Garoppolo as the quarterback. Yeah. Like that was a thing, even with that offense. So I'm not sure I'd go as far as Dre is saying that that wasn't the case with Jimmy Garoppolo. What I will agree with Dre on Sterling is the fact that he has earned Brock Purdy has earned the trust of Kyle Shanahan, and as a result, the playbook is wide open now. Everything is yep. on the table with Brock Purdy. That was never the case with Jimmy Garoppolo. Never. Not not even for a, a stretch of game. Never. It was not on the table with Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo. And Brock Purdy had earned that trust even at the end of last regular season. Like He earned it really quickly. Um, he, so- may, he may have earned it that first game against Miami. Maybe. Maybe that's too soon, but even when he played then, in that game, his first game really ever, right, I think everyone sat back and said, this kid's got something. I don't know what that something is or how limited that is, but he's got something else that someone else doesn't have. He has this next, if you want to call it a gear or a level, it just feels like, even if you want to call it the it factor, Brock Purdy has the it factor. Is that quantifiable? With Jimmy G, it wasn't really. They were winning a lot of games, and you're like, how are they doing this? Because doesn't have the best arm, isn't the most accurate quarterback. They're not pushing the ball downfield. With Brock, it's like, he is the most accurate. They are pushing the ball downfield. He's doing everything right for 70% of his plays, and it feels like it's easier to see now how they're winning in previous years because you just look to the quarterback and say, yeah, that makes sense. The quarterback is the leading factor into how much they win. Then you say, oh, then there's CMC. Oh, then there's Debo. Oh, then there's Ayuk. Oh, I can't forget George Kittle. Like, it feels like maybe the national media doesn't see it that way, but here in the Bay, Niner fans, they sit back and they go, yeah, Brock Purdy's doing his thing, and he is one of the best in the entire game right now. Yeah, he's playing out of his mind. He was great again today, a career-high passing yards, 368 he threw for two touchdowns, did have one interception, but as you mentioned earlier, I think was more of a miscommunication with Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk uh, kind of ran a comeback route, uh, and he, you know, after cutting, he ran straight back where he came from while Purdy, thinking he was going to cut a little bit more to the inside, delivered the ball to the inside, and as a result, it was a diving attempt for Ayuk. It tipped off his hands and was intercepted. So kind of unfortunate there for Brock Purdy, um, but still, even with the interception, very, very good, 19 for 27, career-high passing yards with 368 and two touchdowns 
for Brock Purdy. Multiple receivers over 100 yards. Debo Samuel, who now has five touchdowns in his last two games, had 149 receiving yards. Brandon Ayuk, 126 receiving yards. He's now over a thousand for the first time or for the second consecutive season. And let me ask you a bit of trivia, oh. Sterling. Do you know the last 49ers wide receiver to have consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons? Ayuk has done it now last year and this year. So not tight ends, just not receivers. Not tight ends, just receivers. I feel like Anquan Bolden might be an underrated one, but my heart just says Trell Owens. It is. Come on. Anquan Bolden. Ow! Mark, I'm too good. I'm too good, Mark. Well, you kind of went away from it. I mean, I said, I feel like Anquan Bolden's an underrated pick, but I'll, I'll go with T.L. because he was so good here. So you didn't pick Anquan Bolden. Okay, Mark, if you want to get all semantics <laughs> about it, oh, you didn't actually pick him. I said his name. People would have said, Arnaz Battle, Josh Morgan. I would have said Brandon Lloyd. Michael Crabtree. Hey, Lloyd was good for a while here. Though. He was. Uh, but yeah, Anquan Bolden in 2013 and 2014, the last Niners wide receiver with consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. Brandon Ayuk now joins that list. A very good day for That's Brandon crazy. Ayuk, despite the fact that he did not get into the end zone today. Uh, well, he, has, he almost did. He almost did. He almost did. <laughs> he fumbled the ball. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's he had scored in four consecutive games. Uh, has wow. has not did not today. So that streak comes to an end for Ayuk. But now consecutive 1,000-yard seasons for Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he was over 100 yards, as was Debo Samuel today through the air. All right, back to the phones here on overtime on 95.7 The Game. It's Grandy and Sterling with you. Up next is Mitchell. Mitchell, what's up? You're on overtime reacting to this Niners win. What would you think of that Niner game today, Mitchell? Great game. That runner was so soon. Uh, happy holidays, guys. Thanks for being my call. Um, it's good to see uh, Bosa get a sack. I always look for that the first thing I check out. It's great to see you on TV. But I know Purdy is going to be up there with the MVP talk. But I know it's impossible. Ayuk, uh, uh, McCaffrey, uh, Debo, there's nothing these guys can do wrong. Especially Debo. He's not against the run anymore. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. What this team is loaded. Up front, defense line, and the offensive weapons. And I don't want to just talk about Purdy's assistant quarterback. He's a pretty good quarterback. And he's just gonna get better. I mean, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. I never seen so many a team with so many weapons, and plus the tight end. And how can you forget Kittle? Yeah, I mean, you can't forget Kittle. He's he's really good as well. Mitch, good call. Appreciate it. Um, do you think Purdy's MVP odds are better today than they were coming into the game? Uh do they improve? I th- I don't think any book is going to release updated MVP odds until the Sunday night game ends. They want to see Dak and Jalen. Exactly, because those are probably I mean Purdy, Dak, and Jalen are probably one, two, and three in most most people's eyes, right? Would it matter actually how they played after what Purdy did today? Like Purdy should leave this week still being the favorite. No, I mean if Dak throws for four hundred and five touchdowns, like that's yeah. probably going to make an impact. Honestly, if if I were an MVP voter, you'd vote Jared Goff. <laughs> you wanted to. <laughs> that was my preseason dark horse. It looked okay. good. It looked good to By be way, here. Lions lost today. That's also a big help for the 49ers. Frauds. If they don't catch the Eagles for the one seed, yeah. you, you want the two, obviously. So you don't have to go to Detroit potentially in the divisional round. You know what um, Sting? If they did knock off the Eagles for the one seed, but somehow Dallas ended up getting it, I think I'd cry. <laughs> that would be kind of I'd funny. I'd be so right? angry. But if I were to vote today, and again, there's a big Sunday night game, and we'll keep you updated here while we're on the air about the Eagles and the Cowboys because obviously implications for the Niners all over the place. But if I were to vote right now before the Sunday night game, I think my poll, number one would be Purdy, and number two would be Dak. Mine would, da- Dak has been really good this year. He's been good. Mine would be Purdy, McCaffrey, Debo, <laughs> Jake Moody's in there somewhere. Uh, where's Trent Williams? You know, he's got to be fifth, right? Gotta I don't know. I just, Dak has been really good this year. Lamar Jackson's really certainly in there. Like, Am I crazy? We were. I was having a conversation with Pierce Evans on the YouTube chat during the break. Lamar Jackson isn't even on my MVP radar. Really? Not at all. I mean, I get He's, he's going to give this team fits on Christmas Day. The, the numbers aren't that good. Lamar know, Jackson, man. Lamar Jackson... A tick under 3,000 passing yards. That's bottom half of the league. But who does he Z- have? Zay Flowers. Okay. Odell no Beckham longer Jr. has Mark Andrews. Rashad Ode- Bateman. Odell Beckham Jr. 
Isaiah Likely is a, a good tight end yeah. as well. 17th most passing yards, 19th most passing touchdowns. What's the rushing attack look like? He's probably one, 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 one across the board for rushing quarterbacks. Probably. Like, but it's not like his MVP year when he rushed for 1,200 yards. He's I'll at just 644 through 13 games. His skill set is unlike anybody else in the entire league. Anybody. You're right. And if there is a quarterback that could beat this defense, it is Lamar Jackson. Which is why I ask. I could very well be crazy. He, I don't know why. It's just He's just not popping up in my radar. I watch him, and he's fun to He just isn't popping to me like an MVP candidate. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just yeah. totally missing something. I, I just don't feel it this year from Lamar Jackson. I don't think he gets the love because, again, he's not throwing for a massive amount of yards. He's not throwing for 40, 30 touchdown passes plus this year. I think a lot of what he does, like a lot of the – take today. They scored, what, 38 points, and one of those was a punt return against the Rams. They had to win in overtime. It feels like the Ravens games are much more grinding out kind of games. Now, mind you, they just crushed Seattle to start their downfall or, or continue their downfall with their initial two-game losing streak. Now they've lost four games in a row, and two of those have been against San Francisco. It feels like the, the Seahawks have just been in a complete downfall, and the Ravens technically started that. They, they just crushed right. them. They did. And then I understand I beat them twice. But like... Lamar Jackson's MVP year, 2019. Yeah, he was great. Uh, he he ran for 1,200 yards, and obviously that was a, a lot of the discussion. Is was that the just, record still for quarterbacks? Probably. How crazy of a, so of a runner he was. He threw for 36 touchdowns that year. Yep. He's yep. thrown for 16 this year. Like wow. That's not With even like, close. And he's what? thrown for already the same amount of interceptions he's as like he did at that year Four games as well. left now? Yeah, he's played now 13 games. Only four games left in the season. Maybe maybe three more games after that. Uh, better be. I'm gonna... My life without football is a mess, Mark. I can't but anyways, it. anyways, <laughs> Lamar Jackson not on my MVP radar right now. A lot of it rests on this game tonight. So it so, so is it for the San Francisco 49ers. I don't even care what happens tonight. Brock Purdy's the MVP. You care tonight. what I, happens well, I care tonight. who wins and loses. I don't care who the MVP is after tonight. It's not going to be like, oh, Dak has it now. I'm going to be like, yeah, it's still Brock Purdy's. <laughs> oh, Jalen Hurts. Wow. I'm like, yeah, you lost to Brock Purdy well, last week. I'll tell you what. You hope that when the updated MVP odds come out tonight, tomorrow morning, you hope that it's Dak number one. Because that means the Cowboys won today. No, I hope it's Brock Purdy number one, then Dak number two. Who cares about MVP odds? I do. Okay, fair enough. That being I said, don't. if it's not Brock Purdy, I'm going to throw hands. I'm like, hey, DraftKings, frauds. Yeah, noted. I'm going to write it down. <laughs> I'm going to drive all the way yep. to the DraftKings HQ and throw hands with the CEO. Wherever that is. <laughs> not in this state, that's for sure. All right, uh, let's keep going on the phones here. 888-957-9570. Up next is Miles in Fort Mason. Miles, what's up? You're on overtime with Grandy and Sterling reacting to this Niners win 28-16 to over the Seahawks. Miles, what'd you think? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Obviously thrilled with the win. And I think for the team overall, I was impressed with the professionalism of to come off such an emotionally exhausting win over Philadelphia last week and then refocus to Seattle, even though it's at home, you know, still uh, Gino went down, tough team. Uh, so, you know, just thought that showed well on us to move forward. And then, uh, okay, it, he, Brock is the best quarterback since Steve Young, and it's not even close. Part of that, too, is that, you know, Niners between Young and where they are now didn't have that great of quarterbacks. But his precision with accuracy, getting away, not being, you know, the 4-3 guy to run super fast, but just his ability to avoid hits in the pocket, extend plays, that uh, TD pass to Debo that just was the picture-perfect pass. Unbelievable. And then so next, Debo, oh, my God. You know, show me a football field where that guy is the, not the most talented player on it. You know, that guy is insane. So we are so lucky to have him as well. And then, you know, this this season is quickly evolving into where, okay, obviously we're a good team. Now it's just going to become about, okay, are you guys, you guys going to win the Super Bowl to where it gets stressful, you know? And so it's the highest of standards that we're judging the team against now. So – you know, on to next week, uh, Arizona, let's do it. But uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. Yeah, good call, Miles. Appreciate you tuning in to Overtime here on 95.7 The Game. You can give us a call if you want to hop in on the conversation, 
9570. Yeah, Debo Samuel is putting together a really, really awesome season. And you remember what he said uh, in training camp just before the preseason, just before the season started. Uh, I forget who asked the question, um, but was asking about last season's Debo Samuel. And if, if you remember to the, what, what was the 2022 offseason when Debo Samuel held out uh, you know, went through all the social media drama where he unfollowed the Niners on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever the case was, and he demanded a trade per his agent or, or whatever the case was. And you're thinking, uh-oh, like, you know, things are, are rough. Like, Debo Samuel does not want to be a Niner anymore. That distraction, that offseason, we know how it ended. He signed. He's still a Niner. But that offseason, the distraction of that offseason, what Debo said was, he, as a result, he kind of came into camp and into the season out of shape and wasn't really ready. And as a result, he was nowhere near as good last year in 2022 as he was in 2021 when he was an all-pro and and like the most talked about, most explosive offensive weapon, most unique offensive weapon in the NFL. And he said, leading into this season, I am never, never going to put anything on tape again like I did in 2022. And Debo Sam, we talked about him backing up the trash talk in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. He's backing up that comment he made about himself before this season began. He's doing it right now. Again, now five touchdowns in his last two games over a six-quarter stretch. He had five touchdowns over a six-quarter stretch spanning last week and this week. He is looking like the all-pro Debo that we we grew to love in 2021. He was still good last year. He just set an incredibly high bar for himself the year prior. It seems like Debo Samuel is back to that 2021 version of himself. This year, Debo Samuel already has more receiving yards, more touchdowns than he had all of last year. He has, I believe, less receptions as well. Debo Samuel through what, what has it been, 11 games for him, 10 games for him now because of the injury against, what, Cleveland and Minnesota. Uh-huh. Uh, he is already having a better year than he had last year when he played like 13, 14 games. Debo Samuel this year is already a better player through four or five less games than he was last year. He looks like an all-pro again. He looks like a pro bowler again. In a league that's seeing Justin Jefferson get hurt, a Keenan Allen loses quarterback, and really a league that doesn't have a player like Debo, Stan- Debo Samuel, he stands clearly above the rest. Other teams try to mimic Debo Samuel. The Chiefs and Kadarius Tony, the Giants and Wandale Robinson, they can't do it. There's nobody in the entire league like Debo Samuel. He will run through you. He'll run by you, and he is so deceptively fast where he'll be jogging like, oh, this guy's pretty quick, and then (laughs) he's gone. gone. And you're like, how did he do that? This guy who, I'll be honest with you, he's pretty thick in the trunk. He shouldn't be that fast. (laughs) This man should not be running that fast. If If I saw Debo Samuel running at me, I would be horrified. Jamal Adams or not, I'd be horrified. This man is thick. He is scary, and... He has blazing speed where you're like, someone this big should not be able to do what he does. That physical, that aware of how physical he actually is, and the energy he brings. You noticed when he wasn't on the field, and when you noticed when he's on the field. His absence is clear against the Vikings. It was so clear. There is no Debo. They need Debo. The minute he walked on the field with that boombox on his game he returned on, you were like, yep. We got it. Debo's it's over. Back. He's here. And they haven't lost a game since. Want to know why? What he brings is just unlike any other player in the entire league. Yep. He's been incredible, and he's a big reason why the Niners are riding another five-game winning streak. And today, he broke an NFL record, Sterling. Uh-oh. More I'll, stats? I'll, I'll give it to you on the oh. other side, because oh. we got to hit a break the here on overtime on 95-7 the game. But yeah, Debo Samuel broke an NFL record. I will tell you what that record is coming up on the other side. And by the way, the Sunday night game between the Cowboys and the Eagles. If the Cowboys win tonight, the Niners will officially be the number one seed because they have the tiebreaker over the Philadelphia Eagles. The, the uh, Cowboys are on the edge of the red zone. They are driving as we speak. But a Debo record breaking game today. That statistic is coming up on the other side as overtime continues with Grandy and Sterling right here. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here on 95.7 The Game. Rock steps in, lost it deep down the field, it's underthrown, and it's intercepted by Fred Warner. And he flips it up there, and now there's a penalty flag at the end of the play. It's Greenlaw who has it. Greenlaw still on his feet. Hat flies from an official. The sideline in San Francisco is going bananas, telling them to get down. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Now back to Overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Let the sideline tell Andre Greenlaw to go down or Sterling Bennett in the 95-7 the game studio screaming, <laughs> go down, go down, go down. It was more of a, what are you doing? Get on the ground. Get get down right now. You have to go down. Get on the ground. Uh, in case you missed it, that was the final really meaningful play of the game. The 49ers up by 12. The Seahawks had, I think, like a fourth and 13 after a sack. Uh, and Chase Young got a hand on the arm of Drew Locke as he released a deep shot. It was it was you know kind of a, a dead duck in a very, very underthrown, ultimately intercepted by Fred Warner. Dead duck. Who, I'm ignoring that. <laughs> Who, by the way, should have just uh, let the ball fall incomplete because it was fourth and thirteen. You, you lost some. Those stats, you Mark. lost some field possession. Pad those I mean, stats. Fred Warner now what four, four interceptions? Year, yeah. It's rare for a linebacker. What is it? Four picks and three forced fumbles. Last time I checked, it was the only player in the NFL to have at least three of each, but that was a few weeks ago, so maybe maybe there's someone else that has joined that list. Should Fred be in the DPOY conversation, or or was that three-game stretch too poor play? I think after the, what was it, was it the Tampa Bay game? Yeah. I think he was in it, but I think he's probably slipped out of it a little bit. Haters. Haters, you're right. Niners should get every single award. Yes, they should. They should be top five in MVP. They should be top five in DPOY. Let's be honest here. Right now, you can argue they should have at least one player in every single award category. Shanahan, Coach of the Year. Purdy should be in the MVP conversation. Ronnie Bell, Offensive Rookie of the Year, for sure. Why not? Jair Brown's got two picks. (laughs) Defense Rookie of the Year. Fred Warner, DPOY. Chris McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year, Debo Samuel, Receiver of the Year. Keep going. George Kittle, the, Titan of the Year. There's a very real possibility that Brock Purdy wins MVP and Christian McCaffrey wins Offensive Player of the Year. And Although, they, it's probably going to go to Tyreek Hill because he's probably going to break 2,000 receiving yards. I don't like Tyreek. You're going to have like two legendary seasons, Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey, and it's a shame that one of them is not going to get Offensive Player of the Year. They could settle it how they used to do in the Old West. A good old-fashioned duel. <laughs> is everyone walk 10 paces turn around whoever wins that, that, that that's where you call it right there yeah but anyway that highlight you heard from fox uh with <laughs> kevin burkhardt it was an interception that sealed the game uh <laughs> fred warner after picking it off being tackled by dk metcalf uh and before he goes down pitches the ball to dre greenlaw for some reason could you imagine if they fumbled it? they fumbled the pitch <laughs> And, and the Seahawks, even if they just fell on, they're in the red zone at that point, and there's still like five minutes left. Like they could have gotten a touchdown, and then still had plenty of time to get a stop. Who knows? Not the not the best <laughs> decision the by Fred play. Warner. 
it worked out. Dre Greenlaw easily caught it, no issues, and then kind of ran in circles for a while, evaded a couple of the tacklers, then eventually went down. But as Dre Greenlaw's kind of running around with a chicken with his head cut off, you have Fred Warner and DK Metcalf kind of going at it because Let after fight. after Fred Warner pitched the ball, DK still tackled them, kind of threw him to the ground. Then Fred Warner got up and got in his face, and then Diamondo Lenore came See? over and, and shoved DK Metcalf. As a result, both DK Metcalf and Diamondo Lenore got ejected. Where was Seattle's security guard this week, huh? <laughs> Where's their Dom DeSandro? What Come they should do Dom. is lock Warner and Metcalf in the... Uh, Metcalf in the octagon and put Don DeSander as the ref and say, go at it, boys. Have fun. That's what they should do. That's what I would do. That's how you serve your one-week suspension. You have to ref in a UFC oct- fight. In the octagon. Warner and Metcalf duking it out in the octagon. Uh, but anyways, after, and, and it was kind of a bigger scrum after that, and benches kind of cleared, and there's they're all around midfield kind of pushing and shoving. To be fair, Warner didn't do much. No, he, he just stood there. He and showed took it. great restraint. <laughs> obviously, there was the initial kind of shove he gave after DK Metcalf threw him to the ground. He pushed him in the back of the helmet to the ground, <laughs> and then DK Metcalf gets back up and like starts pushing him. And Fred Warner just like kind of standing there looking at him. He grabbed his helmet, double fisted his helmet. That sounded weird. Sorry, but he <laughs> grabbed his helmet and was in his face. And Warner's like, "What are you gonna do about?" I'm it? sure he was. Saying some things that we can't repeat here on the wow. air probably would be my guess. Past eleven o'clock, everything's free, Mark. Mm, we'll we'll stay on the air until then, huh? Red light district, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, after that, Diamondo Lenore and DK Metcalf get ejected. Right. And you need the context of what happened in this game because Diamondo Lenore did a great job yes, on DK Metcalf. He was great. So when Mooney Ward goes out with the injury on the Niners' first defensive drive, and by the way, Mooney Ward has tweeted. Uh, seems like he's fine. Again, he was on the sideline for really the entire game with his helmet and pads. Words we also can't say, mind you. <laughs> his tweet? Yes. Yeah, we cannot... Re- <laughs> head on to Twitter, search Mooney Ward, you'll find it. We can't repeat it. But it seems like he's okay. Um, he Maybe if it was a closer game, a scarier game, he could have come back in the game. Who knows? Seems like he's fine. But as a result, Diamondor Lenore was kind of tasked with checking DK Metcalf for the whole game. After originally the Niners put Ambry Thomas on him. That resulted in the touchdown catch, the 31-yard touchdown by DK Metcalf. The Niners quickly adjusted, and Demo uh, kind of followed him the rest of the game. And guess what? DK Metcalf did not have another catch. He had two catches in the first quarter. They were both on that first drive, and uh, he did not have another one after that. So Diablo Lenore locked him down. And even one interception that Diablo Lenore had got taken away because Nick Bosa was offside. So there was a, there was another True. great play that Demo made on DK Metcalf that didn't count. Long story short, Diamondo Lenore locked up DK Metcalf, and that was a big reason why I think Lenore was feeling good about himself and gotten into that scrum and and shoved DK Metcalf. But Diamondo Lenore also took to Twitter. Uh oh, and uh, he had some words for DK Metcalf. Were he they said bad words. No, actually, I can repeat all of these. Wow, okay. (laughs) Uh, Diamondor Lenore said, quote, I would want to fight too if I got done like that. Hashtag hyena strap season check the tape. I promise you a bunch of teach tape. I imagine he meant teaching tape. Like you watch this DK, you're going to learn some things because I shut you down. Diamondor Lenore's nickname is hyena. So hyena, hyena strap season. Did he give himself a nickname? I don't know where it came from. You know, it would have been the ultimate like get off my field, if he just kept yelling, hyena, 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 <laughs> at DK, and DK's like, what's going on, man? you got to chill out. That'd be uh, awesome. DK Metcalf this year, on 14 targets against the Niners, only has five catches. It's pretty good. For 84 yards and one touchdown. And the biggest catch, obviously, being his touchdown catch in this game, DK Metcalf has done nothing against this defense. Nothing. Whether it's Mooney Ward or Lenore, the one big play comes against Ambry Thomas. They have... It took away this team's best offensive weapon. It was a pretty epic catch. It was, and toe tap. The coverage wasn't even that bad. It wasn't. Like, he made a great play. It's the only great play he's made against this team the entire year. And they may have, they may never see him again. This could be it. Their season could be done. Six and seven, under 500, on the outside oh, looking in. They're not going to the playoffs. You don't think so? No. They have Philadelphia next week at home. Imagine if... The Dallas Cowboys beat Philadelphia, and Seattle beats Philadelphia. Well, let's look at the standings here. I want to. Are we Seahawks fans next week? Might be. Yeah, you have to be. 
uh, unfortunately. I mean, Pete Carroll. The NFC weird. West is wrapped up. You it's don't. Pete Carroll. I mean, not officially. I don't want to say anything. I, I, well, I that isn't it. actually true. They stink. But the Niners are going to win the the NFC West. Like it's it's going to happen. So Seahawks getting a win that you might not have expected is is not going to impact you in winning the division. You're absolutely rooting for the Seahawks to beat the Eagles, whether or not the Eagles win or lose tonight. <laughs> You're absolutely rooting for that to happen. So strap in. But right now the Seahawks, 6-7, and seven, um, they are technically behind the Rams because the Rams <laughs> have the head-to-head. They swept them, right? Yeah. It's crazy. The Rams are 6-7. and seven, The Seahawks are 6-7. and seven. Those are second- and third-place teams in the NFC West. So both of those teams are looking on the outside in. The seventh-place team, the last playoff team in the NFC, is the Green Bay Packers at 6-6. Six and six. If you look at their schedule, they're probably going to rack up a few more wins. I don't think the Rams or the Seahawks are making the playoffs. Good. They both stink. They're not good. The Packers are all right. They're not bad. They're they're all right. They're all right. The Rams have – they are a one-sided offensive team that if Matthew Stafford's not having his best game, they're going to lose. The Seahawks can't get a single thing on either side of the ball going. I don't trust either one of those teams. They're not going to win a playoff game. And I don't think either one of those teams could make it to the playoffs. I think you, I would pick the Rams over Seattle to go, not because they have a tiebreaker. It just feels like that Seattle right now has no momentum. They're barely staying afloat, and they're struggling doing so. And they could lose, what, their fifth game in a row next week against Philadelphia and be 6-8, 6-8, and eight, six and eight, whereas the Rams, they could win a game or two still and be 8-9 and to end the year. This feels like that the NFC West is Niners, a gigantic chasm, yep. and then maybe one team squeaks in, and I don't think it's going to be Seattle. They might. The way that that might work is Green Bay, or pardon me, not Green Bay, Minnesota continues to struggle. Uh, they they, they eked out a win Raiders, today. They scored man. three points in one. Um, but they went away from Josh Dobbs Josh. Uh, to Nick Mullins. It does not seem great in Minnesota. So if that is a team that loses a handful of games moving forward, either the Rams or the Seahawks could sneak in. But there's a lot of teams fighting for the last couple of spots. You have Minnesota 7-6, and six, Green Bay 6-6. Six and six. They play tomorrow night. Rams, Seahawks, Falcons, and Saints all 6-7. and seven. Bears 5-8. and eight. That's probably not going to matter. If but Derek you have, Carr goes to the playoffs. You have four 6-7 and seven teams. You have Green Bay 6-6. Six and six. Uh, one of those five teams is going to make the playoffs. So it it's possible for Seattle and Los Angeles. I don't think that's going to happen. Not um, the way they're playing now, and no. not the way DK Metcalf is acting. You know, Lori, Lori Matthews, our girl from out there in oh, Phoenix, Arizona. Lori. What's up, Lori? said, DK's a big crybaby, and she's right. Now, I'm sure she saw my tweet and can't repeat that on there now either, but <laughs> DK Metcalf, for as big as he is, what is he, 6'4", 6'5", about 220, right? This man is a massive ball of testosterone. Like this man is probably on roids, something. He looks like this generation's, like, the vegan jacked version of Dennis Rodman. He is the biggest crybaby in the entire NFL. Well, he's like Debo Samuel, but give him four more inches. But not even as, not even close to being as good. He's not a physical presence. He cries all the time. He needs to go put that pacifier mouthpiece he used to wear back in his mouth. He's crying like a baby. <laughs> wham, wham. He, this, earlier this year alone, he injured a Kella Weatherspoon on a cheap shot, now he's out there grabbing all-pro Fred's face mask because he's getting shut down by Lenore, who was like five inches shorter than him. Like, this man has roid rage. He's crazy, and he's not that good. There are times this year Seahawks fans are like, DK is better than Debo. Well, because Debo has a subpar year, which wasn't even that bad. Debo Samuel is miles ahead of DK Metcalf. And here's the thing. DK didn't do anything anything against San Francisco on Thanksgiving. Then comes out against Dallas and scores three touchdowns. Oh, he's back. The big baby's back. Oh my goodness. He's been fed. He got the little peas and carrots from the Gerber baby out there. He he got fed. Oh, comes back to San Francisco, does nothing again. He's a big baby. Well, and I mean, you look at what this Niners secondary was in this game, and we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks ever since the Talanoa Hufunga injury. At least you got your number one corner, Mooney Ward, to fall back on, right? Yeah, not but e- but even you know with him on the on the field, which wasn't the case today, but with him there, you're still playing Ambry Thomas opposite him. You're playing a rookie in Jair Brown at safety. Like this is still an inexperienced 
unproven defensive secondary. Now today, you lose your go-to legit number one, the guy you just plaster against the wide receiver one of the opposing team. You lose him for this entire game. And again, if you're just joining us, does not seem like any sort of major injury. He seems totally fine. Uh, At this point, I feel like I would be surprised if he does not play next week against the Arizona Cardinals. But you lose him. And what does that mean? It means you have to move Diamondo Lenore, who's proven to be reliable in the slot, to a corner spot. He becomes your de facto number one go-to corner. He's the guy you matched up with DK Metcalf for the rest of the game and did a great job. But that means Isaiah Oliver, who previously got benched, Yikes. has to come in and play the slot corner spot, the nickel corner spot. Uh, and wasn't great, but didn't have any major mistakes that hurt the Niners big time. You still have Jair Brown at safety. You have Ambry Thomas. Like This was the most depleted uh, the Niners secondary has been in a really long time, meaning you're having to turn to uh, a group of youngsters and veterans that have previously failed in these roles. And they pass with flying colors again tonight. Again, Drew Locke was okay. He was fine, probably better than I expected. But the the passing game um, wasn't, for Seattle, like a big enough factor to where you got worried by that group. I was really impressed by that group. And you're right, DK Metcalf has struggled to do much of anything against the Niners recently. But today was maybe the most impressive, considering just who you had out there defensively to line up against them. People yeah. who you wouldn't have a ton of confidence in, like otherwise, and they did a great job. It feels like, and you have to give Steve Wilkes credit. Steve Wilkes has been great ever since the bye week. Whether it's on the sideline or whatever, it is like whatever he's dialing up. If it doesn't work the first time, he's going to make the adjustment, make the change, and it just feels like he's in his bag as much as Kyle might be. Like it doesn't matter the offense they play. I have well. Maybe Isaiah Oliver isn't in this group. I have trust in 99% of the defense. Not even secondary play today. Nick Bosa and Gregory were playing on the inside on some plays. Bosa's sack, he was lined up across from the center. <laughs> Patient, then boom, gets a sack. And he's pointing there like, no way, I got the sack. <laughs> Make sure that's a sack on my record book. That was funny. <laughs> like Nick, like what... Steve Vokes is doing, he's pressing all the right buttons, whether it's in the secondary, whether it's on the defensive line, in the linebacking core. Like, D. Winters got snaps today, and I didn't even notice it. Like, and I get it, I wouldn't want that all the time, but it's just to say how well they're playing together. It's just really impressive what Steve Vokes has done, but even going forward back to the secondary, Jaya Brown, who I looked to and said, Next year. Next year he'll be the guy. Next year he'll replace Gibson. He's been great in coverage. I'm not talking, oh, he's a rookie. And he'll get beat. He already been beat once against the Bucks in his first action ever. Like, he's going to get beat eventually. But through three games against massive tests, DK, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, DK again, Lockett. Like, he's shown up and played extremely well. His two picks already... I mean, he already himself looks like a playmaker on the defense, which they talked about him being a a very mature rookie. You can tell. He doesn't get overwhelmed. He seems very poised, and the defense around him seems to rally behind him a ton. He's been really good. Like, pleasantly surprised every single time he's taken the field now. And it's been three-plus games. Three starts, and what? Because Hufanga got injured in the game against Tampa Bay. He came in in that game and had the game-sealing interception, uh, he's he's played really, really well, and you leave every single game kind of being quietly impressed with his performance, and it's fantastic news for the San Francisco 49ers, not just this season, because you felt like the Hufanga injury might be one that really hurts you. It hasn't really that much to this point, but you begin to look to the future as well. Deshaun Gibson is a veteran, and this might be his last year. Who knows? Um now you have two young starting safeties for the time being and moving forward for the 49ers. So Jaya Brown's um, emergence is certainly good news for the 49ers. All right, let's go into the locker room and hear from Shanahan. And we got some sound from Fred Warner and Brock Purdy rolling in. I want to, to get those guys' perspective on the scuffle that happened at the end of the game. We started this segment talking about it. Diamador Lenore and DK Metcalf getting thrown out for a scuffle that originated between DK Metcalf and Fred Warner. Here's Kyle Shanahan talking about the scuffle and the following ejections. 
And it's an awesome job by Fred, um, just keeping his composure um, and just taking it so he wouldn't get ejected. Um, and then after that, and we were all excited, but I know there's a big scuffle after that, and I didn't see after that, but I was told Demo threw a punch too. <laughs> was it a punch or was it more of like a, a push to the face? Was it like a Dre Greenlaw punch to Don DeSandro? It was a little. It was more than what Dre did. A little bit, definitely. It was more like a little swipe. I don't know if it was because it was more like a push, like from straight on, like yeah. pushed him backwards as opposed to like a punch. I don't know. You could break your nose that way. You could you just I mean, take a fist and forearm or palm well, to your nose. They've all got helmets and face masks. Nah, you take them off, man. Leather helmets, <laughs> octagon. Go at it. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Honestly, these are grown men. Let him get one punch in. You're fine. And anyways, Fred Warner, <laughs> who was in the beginning of that scuffle, who as Kyle Shanahan, his head coach, said kind of handled his emotions really well and, and did not get carried away. Here's what Fred Warner had to say about that uh, that scuffle at the end of the game. Yeah, I don't know what happened, man. He, I told him he, he, he tackles really well, and then for some reason he didn't like that. And, you know, I guess what happened happened. And it's unfortunate, man. He got to learn to keep his composure. But happy we came out with the dub. You think that's all Fred told him? <laughs> no, you tackle oh really well? There's no chance. Hey, man, you're a great player. Now I'm going to grab your face mask because I'm angry <laughs> at you for that. Hey, man, I really appreciate your game. What'd you say to me? Like, dude, what's going on? You're a really good tackler. You tackle so well, he DK. He pulls a shirt great off, job. reveals all the roids in his back, and you're like, dude, like, what's going on? Dude is like Bane from Batman. He just presses the button, and all of a sudden it's like, roid rage. And you're like, what's going on, DK? I said... How's it going? I hope you had a great day. He just flips the switch and it's over with. You guys uh, are insane. Oh, God. That's funny. Uh, Fred Warner also was asked about Diamondor Lenore, who eventually got ejected. But Demo came to Fred Warner's aid. Fred, what do you think of your young DB? Man, I know I know what, De- what Demo is made of. He, you know, he ain't got to show me nothing out there. I, I don't want him hurting himself. You know what I'm saying? So hurting himself or hurting the team. He, we know what he's made of. You know what I'm saying? It, it ain't nothing to prove out there. But I always appreciate, you know, guys – protecting each other out there. So, I mean, that, that doesn't surprise me one bit. Appreciate a demo, but not needed, Fred's, Fred says. Is that Fred quietly saying, like, I got this. I can take care of myself. Maybe. I think it's also a message to Diamondor Lenore, and I, I think he's probably already felt this. I mean, he's in that locker room every single day. Um, Diamondor Lenore's play over the last, like, I don't know, month, month and a half. Yeah. It. It was a question mark before that, and he did not not have a good start to the season. No. Um, it seems like he's getting to a point now where I don't know if saying like he's one of the guys like is 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 right, but it seems like he's becoming part of the core group of the defense. He's he's playing that much better lately. It does feel like last year was kind of the beginning of the acceptance for him. And mm-hmm. I think today, not that he needed to prove anything else, at least to myself. But more so, you're playing nickel for the last month. You moved inside after being on the outside for the beginning of the season. Then you're forced to go back outside and guard the other team's best cornerback which you or receiver, which you have not been tasked with doing almost all year long, to step up and shut him down. And it almost felt like that Lenore was so happy with himself <laughs> that he was like, Oh, he's on cloud nine. I want to get one more shot in at you, DK. <laughs> so he's like, you know what? Like, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I'm going to go ahead and take a swipe. He was like a kid in a candy <laughs> store. Are you kidding me? He was so happy with his performance, and he saw an opportunity. <laughs> it almost it almost feels like Lenore being kind of the smaller little brother is like, I'm going to antagonize this big baby one more time and see what he does. Like, being the youngest brother myself, you can kind of get away with some things against your bigger brother, and like he's like, whatever, you know, shake it off. But like... When you get your big brother mad, like you better watch out, right? It felt like Lenore was like, I'm going to clown this guy one more time and see what happens. Hey, he saw an opportunity and he, he took, took it. it. Exactly. Now he got ejected as a result. <laughs> the game's over That's at that like point. getting spanked by your mom afterwards, though. It's fine. So the 49ers, consecutive games where a defensive starter has been ejected. Do it again next week. In the fourth quarter. Though. Against the Cardinals? Yeah. If there's a Niners player ejection against the Cardinals, something probably went terribly wrong. Well, I mean... Only if their security guard walks on the field or something like that. The Cardinals just feel like the most vanilla team where it's like, yeah, we lost. What do you expect? And it's like, and they'll just take it. Whereas Seattle's like, Seattle feels like a team and dare I say a fan base full of poor losers. It, it just feels like they won for so long over San Francisco. Whenever they lose to us, it's like, 
man, I can't believe we lost. Seriously, man. And, and they're going to go throw a fit. It's like, yeah, you lost to a better team. What did you expect to happen? You're not a good team, not a great team. You're not even a playoff team to me. And you can tell San Francisco feels that. You can tell that Lenore, being the smaller guy, wants to clown the bigger receiver, wants to almost show him or prove to him, like, hey, man, like, look at the scoreboard. You have two catches on me. You're not having a great day. Yeah, the Seahawks were 17-4 and against the 49ers. Wow. Uh, before Russell Wilson left. They won 17 of 21 in the Russell Wilson era. That's painful. Since then, 0-4. Wow. 0-4. That's a regular season. 0-5 if you include the postseason. Yeah, but even go back before Russ, it felt like Matt Hasselbeck and Seneca Wallace. And oh, you're like, Seneca who, Wallace. What, how, Sean Alexander, who was great for a long mm-hmm. time. You're like, how is how are those teams being granted bad Niner teams? But you're like, Seattle? Like, I never took Seattle seriously growing up until they got Russ. But it was like, Seneca Wallace. They always were kind of the thorn in your side. They were always like seven and nine, and somehow beat you twice that year. And you're like, how, how? But now we've beat them five times in a row, swept them two consecutive years, and it feels like the NFC West check mark. Yep, easy done. NFC number one seed could be by the night. Put you put a little half check next to it. Put a little half check right there next to it. <laughs> we're getting close. Getting close, folks. We are. You know what I just realized? I did not give you. The Debo Samuel NFL record breaker. I feel lied to, Mark. Uh, but we got to get to a break again, so I'm going to wow. tease it Double one tease. more time. I promise you, I promise wow. you, it'll be the first thing we get to coming up on the other side. Debo Samuel broke an NFL record today. You want to hear what it is. It's coming up on the other side as overtime continues here on 95.7 of the game. It's Grandy and Sterling. Your call is also coming up. Give us a call, 888-957-9570. More coming up on overtime after the Niners' 28-16 win over the Seahawks. More coming up next on 95.7 the game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 